Hi, you guys. It's been a while since I've been live. A long time, it seems like. But today, I wanted to talk about high-level conversations that I've been having with my homegirls about... I don't want to call it balancing motherhood and career, but several of my um, my close friends have been dealing with this, I call it the double dutch effect of um, being a mother and having to make a decision on whether to leave a career that's unfulfilling and pursue their passion or stay in the career because their lifestyle and their children dictate that them having a career is more important to their lifestyle, so to speak. So, hey Kay, you see my braids, they look cute. <laughs> so I wanted to speak, I put notes down, so I may be referring to them as I speak, but I wanted to talk specifically about that. You know, when we think about womanhood and being a mother and having a career, it's not just those three distinct roles. And I'm gonna speak from my experience in this um, whole conversation. And of course, not everybody's lived experience is the same. But from what I have experienced as being a career woman, being a business um, woman, and then being a mother and a wife, is life is heavy. It's very heavy. It's a lot to consider. And sometimes I feel more so than what my husband has to consider, um, just from the nature of me being mom. And you become sometimes resentful for being in this role of mother and career and having to make decisions that maybe your significant other doesn't have to make. So the reason why I wanted to talk to this, so Marjorie, we were talking yesterday and she said this to me. I wrote it down because it was like a, a two snaps quote. And she said, I am not looking to go into another career because I refuse to ask for permission to raise my kids. And I was like, damn, girl. That's what it comes to. A lot of these jobs, a lot of these careers that we have, you have to ask permission to take time off. You have to ask permission if your child is sick and you have to have an immediate need to not be in a meeting, you have to almost, you know, beg for permission to, to fulfill whatever it is, is a, a pressing need in your household, right? And she said, I don't want to do that anymore. You know, I've been there, I've done that. I've worked 18 hour days remotely. So everybody's in the house, they see you, but you're still interfacing with a computer. And I don't want to do that anymore. This idea that I have to ask permission to raise my kids is not cool. And then on top of that, once they know you're a mother, you often feel like, and this may be a perceived thing or it may be very real, you feel like you're passed up for opportunities, you're passed up for raises because they feel like you can't handle it. Or there may be a situation where it's just like, you know, we'll give it to the, the single person because this woman already has a whole lot of other stuff going on with her. And our corporation or, or our organization doesn't need to deal with that. And so there's so many things that you have to deal with as a working mother. And oftentimes, like I've, I've said this myself, when I was working is 
you know, I'm doing this. I'm dealing with the toxicity. I'm dealing with just being miserable in my workspace because I need this insurance. Because my kids have to go to this and this club or have this and this shoe or whatever it is to maintain this lifestyle, I have to stay in this position. And when I tell you, when you're in it, it's this fear-based consciousness that you're not going, there's no way I'm leaving it. You know, I don't see an alternative. I don't see the other side of this, of, of leaving this career. And it's a very scary, anxious space to be in. I sat on it for 18 months. I knew I had to leave. Like, knew I had to leave because it was a real, almost like a physical attack on me at my job. And I stayed. You know, this, this idea of being comfortable. And listen, comfort is a recipe for failure, for real. Because when you're comfortable in a situation, you oftentimes don't try to do more or you oftentimes don't push yourself to see what could be what other possibilities there are and as a woman as a mother you know your bottom line is making sure your kids your husband your spouse is together and sometimes to your own detriment whether that's your health whether that's your physical you know getting your hair done every two weeks getting your nails done whatever it is you're making sure everybody else is together and in these careers especially nowadays in this covid remote times I've seen a lot of people who um, I admire because they're they're making way in a very toxic situation, like being on a computer for 18 hours a day for for meetings that could have been an email, just because that's the space we're in now. And they have managed to have their babies be there at home with them while they're working remotely. And it's a lot. It's a lot, and I often feel like it's it's very unfair that women feel like they have to make a choice and the choice is whether to be find peace and have peace of mind or be broke like those are the, the alternatives even i'm gonna deal with this and just work through it and be miserable or i'm gonna be broke so it's it's a very it's a very what's the word it's like a conundrum right because there is no clear-cut answer on what makes sense and what to do. But I guess that is why having a business, being an entrepreneur and pushing to make sure that your business is solvent is so important because it gives you options. You know, they tell you to go to school, get a degree, so you have options, right? For me, having a business and being able to say like, I'm sitting in bed all week. I ain't going nowhere. I ain't leaving the house. I'm not doing anything because I have a solvent business. I am not on anybody else's time but my own and my babies. That's it. And it was a scary road to get to there. Like, like I said, it was an 18 month struggle for me to just let go before I said, you know, it's not even worth, it's not even worth it anymore. Like at this point where I was in my career, I will go work third shift at fucking Walmart, stacking shelves, before I have to deal with this shit. Degrees and all, it didn't matter because it was, it was too much. Like I would rather be like an automaton and just take, take my box cutter, take stuff out and pack shelves than to have to deal with the fuckery that I was dealing with at work. And that's what it was gonna be. 
and it's it's an unfortunate thing that you have to get to that point before you make a jump or make that leap but for so many of us that's that's the reality of it like it has to be some monumental thing for us to to do that leap all right so that's me talking let me get back to what the heck i i said i was gonna say um so you know i talked about like in career as a mother as a working mother we often feel like um we reach this plateau of achievement meaning unless you are working 18 hours a day or like someone who may not have a family and you're constantly going in and going above and beyond um in spite of having to maintain a home you reach this this glass ceiling i like to call it and you plateau in your career and it's or you plateau professionally and it's very unfortunate but i've seen that happen a lot like there is no happy median i don't think there is no happy median like either i see and this is from the people who i consider friends who i can have an intimate um understanding of their lifestyles i see the career woman the boss lady who is working 90 hour weeks and their kids are either home with their spouse or they're with their grandparents or they're with their whoever they have an outside caregiver outside of you know their their mother right but she's providing a lifestyle that they wouldn't have otherwise or i see the mom who has decided you know what i'm gonna be home i may complain about the money because my husband gives me a stipend but i know my babies are well taken care of because i am that person that's taking care of them right or the flip side is you have that woman who has made the conscientious decision to be like listen these babies i'll have them from eight to eight you know when they wake up to they go to sleep but i'm gonna do that third shift to improve myself to have my business and to do that nine to like 12 shift just to have what i need to have in order to reach this level of whether it be financial freedom or just having autonomy of your time it's it's very hard to have all of that it's very hard and I can't say that I know anyone who has who does this flawlessly, right? Like they're able to find the balance between work home and and work home and career. I don't I don't often see it. Um I have seen women who have had to make make adjustments, right? They have to make adjustments in their careers for family life. I don't often see that for men men are not typically expected or i would say just expected to have to do that so if something is needed the kids need more time more attention it's the woman who has to fall back to be that caregiver right and so again like i said before that sometimes leaves women in these places of being or feeling resentful towards the situation and like I said before, that's why I work so hard with, with my business because I knew that eventually I was gonna leave my career, right? I knew that because it just, it wasn't physically safe, it wasn't psychologically safe for me to stay there. I knew also that in order for me to do that, then my whole life, every part of my life had to be dismantled. I had to think about money in a different way. I had to learn how to save. I had to learn how to, what did Marjorie say today? Not be a um, habitual spender, 
right? Things that I, uh, I did unconsciously because I knew I had the career, I had the business. So all of these things, like it was a true flip, 180 degree flip when I decided, like I mentally said to myself, I am no longer gonna be working for somebody else. What I will say is that it's been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing because <clears throat> I have autonomy of my time, right? And that's something I can't put a monetary value on. I can't do it. My kids see me. When they see me, I'm not upset. When they see me, I'm present. When they see me, they know that whatever is happening with the business is not pressing. Like when I would come home from, from work, when I was working in the city, it was almost like uh, I was in a bubble and they knew they couldn't penetrate that bubble because I was still like lamenting on what the hell happened at work that day. I'm cooking and I'm still thinking about work. Like now, truly the only thing on my mind, once that delivery schedule was set is, so what are we doing today? What craft are we doing this week? What did you do in Spanish today? What are your vocabulary words? Do you know the words for your vocabulary list for this week? Like I'm present. And again, that's why I'm saying, there is no monetary value that I can put on that. And so when you make this decision on whether or not to leave a career that's unfulfilling for you or to stay, think about those things. Think about that time that you snapped on your baby for whatever reason when they just wanted attention because you had to focus on doing a report, you know, or responding to an email after five. So that is what I would say. I, I will never give advice on when to leave because you, you, nobody knows. Nobody knows your situation, right? So, hi, Pauline. So it's not something that you, I would do, I would, I would give advice on, you know, when to leave. I, I would definitely listen. I always love to hear people's lived experiences. But for me, everybody comes to the table with something else. And they're working toward, working toward something else. So I would never give advice on when to leave your career and say start a business or whatever because who knows what, what your lived experience is, right? Um, but I, I do know that it's never a fair balance when it comes to being a mommy and a career person or even an entrepreneur. It's never an even shake. It's almost as if we always get the short end of the stick. So that is something to consider. And for me, it was, it's one thing for me to get the short end of the stick, but it's something completely different when my kids are getting it because I am beholden to a company that doesn't value who I am. Um, they don't respect me. And so I come home and then turn that over to my, that angst to my family and it's not fair to them. So that's when I knew it was time to go. Um, so basically, it's like consider the long-term effects to your household, to your children when you're making the decision or whether or not to leave your job that you have had for 15 years, 10 years, whatever. Um, consider how it affects not just you, but your babies. And if you sit down and you make this list of pros and cons and you realize that the cons are far exceeding the pros, then you have to make a choice, you know? Everything we do in life is a choice. So this segues into this next part of the conversation. I want to talk about failure. And I had an amazing conversation today 
with um, Miss Nydia, and we talked about failure, right? And I just listened to her. I didn't interject in how she was sharing, but I sat and I thought about it, right? And I thought about what does failure mean and what is, what is failure not? It'll make sense when I start talking. So failure is not fatal, okay? You can fail at something and get up and try again. So it's not fatal. So if you are telling me that you want to leave your career but you're afraid, my question is always, what are you afraid of? What is, what is the most that can happen? So what, you lose your health insurance for whatever, three months until you find something else, or you have to pay you know, a babysitter, whatever it is, it's not fatal. Failure is not the opposite of success. That's a misnomer, it's not. Failure is a part of success. And for me, as a business person, because I tell you all the time, I had a business before this petite seats, Failure was real in that business. When I was doing event planning full-time, I failed. I failed. But that failure prompted me to do this business. And look where I am, right? If I didn't fail in that, I would not be able to have this solvent business. So if I would have said to myself, you know, fuck being an entrepreneur because I messed up. I spent all this money. I didn't see a return on my investment. I'm not doing this again that would have been a fatal flaw for me because I would not have been able to sit here and say, you know, I have control of my time. Boom. So it's not the opposite of success, it's a part of success. Um, it's another event in the course of your life. So when something happens, when something fails, it's just a part, it's like, you know how they say your life is not a straight line, it's like all of these squigglies and all of this other skate stuff? That is what failure can be. So you hit a dead end, you're in this maze, then you go back around and go another way. So Pauline just says, always think of the worst case scenario, then think of what you would do if that happens. Once you have that solution, then jump. I love that, let's pin that. Hold on, I'm, I'm trying to be fancy and, and pin it. So yes, definitely. So when you're, you're coming to that, that list of you know, pros and cons, think about the worst case scenario. I love that advice. And then think what you would do in that situation. So you have a solution for whatever could possibly happen. And then if that, is some, if that solution you arise, um, you, you come to is something that you can manage, then you make that leap. I love that, Pauline. When I was talking today, um, what I heard was this idea that failure is a personality characteristic, and it's not. When you fail, it's not a personality characteristic. Shit happens. Shit happens. It's not something for you to internalize. It's not something for you to say, I am this, or I, I, I am a failure because I did this or this happened. It's not, it's not a character, it's not a personality characteristic. Things happen. Failure definitely teaches you resiliency. And as part of being a well-versed individual, resiliency and tenacity is something that you definitely want. It's a part of growth, as, as Paul Ann says. <laughs> so 
it's just it's what you do it's what you do with it it's it's a lesson in every time every time you make a mistake or every time there's this perceived failure or something doesn't go your way it's a chance to learn and grow um and then this final thought is that there's gratitude in failure because the gratitude comes in and you understanding what you did wrong to contribute to this failure and then how are you going to fix it? What can you do to fix it? Fail. First attempt in learning. There you are. I'm going to pin that one too. I love that. So that's my spiel for today. Um, I just have been, you know, it's something I think about a lot because a lot of my, my, um, my homegirls, they're still working nine to fives. And when they call me and I'm in the bed, they're like, well, what, what you do all day? I said, girl, I ain't got out of this bed for three days. And it's just like, what? And it's this idea like, that could be you too. You have to structure your, your life in a way that it works for you. It works for you. And there is nothing in this world that you can't do if you plan for it and you put your mind to it that's how i look at it um so yeah that's all i have to say i'm taking a little break for the next week um because it's time i don't want to go into that land of burnout so it's time for me to take a pause and um rejuvenate take my notebook because there are some things I want to sit and plan and then um, come back in quarter, no, not quarter four, but quarter one, like real hard or the second half of quarter uh, four and come really smash some goals. Um, and again, if failure happens, it happens. That's it. You got to pivot. So I wish everyone a wonderful weekend. And, oh, hold on. I, let me go through the comments because, look, Pauline is off here dropping jewels. So I missed this one. So it says, when you, start, when you start embracing failure, it's liberating because you, one, you didn't die. <laughs> That's a true mama statement. Two, you have discovered that you've discovered what not to do. And then three, you become an expert in what not to do. So I love that. So embracing failure is liberating because you didn't die. One. Two, you have discovered what not to do. And three, you've become an expert in what not to do. Boom. I love, that's an excellent way to end this live. Thank you, Pauline girl. I'm trying to figure out how to pin it. There we are. So that's, that's where I am. I, I applaud anyone who was able to um, look past the fear of what could happen and really jump in feet first into any endeavor because it is, it is scary. It is anxious filled. It is vexing. But when you do it and you achieve nine times out of 10, you achieved to a level you haven't, you wouldn't, you didn't even, you weren't even able to imagine or fathom. That's typically what happens. Like you reach this level of success that you didn't even know could exist because you tried and you were not fearful. 
So that's where I'm at with it. Guys, have a wonderful weekend, and I'll see you soon.